At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my face in Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. This week's episode was picked by Kyle. It's 1995, and we're watching The Fear. Is it a spring break movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Halloween movie? We don't know. <laughs> we you cannot tell based on this, the uh, the, no. the color of the leaves. <laughs> no, but this was nope. definitely um, a VHS cover that I distinctly yeah. remember uh, uh-huh. seeing regularly. <laughs> and was this the first watch for all three of us? Oh yeah, no, not I've for, watched this one before. I was gonna okay. say Kyle. Kyle knew me. what he was getting us into, but right. I um, though I did forget. I I I often forgot which plot fear was dead. the fear <laughs> and which one was the fear too. Uh, I I sort of mixed those up in my head. So this was this was a joy. It checked a lot of boxes for the Kyle. <laughs> there was like maybe incest. There was no, like that, that wasn't maybe. maybe incest. That was legitimate yeah. incest. That was legit. It was like foster home incest, which is not okay. Uh, and then there was uh, it was, the, it was a type Leslie thing. Leslie's fault. She knew Le- she's the one who birthed yeah. Van- she, Vince yeah. or whatever his name. To- Troy. Troy. She knew Troy. it was her son, not her brother, stepbrother, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Fucked up. No, and it has uh, it has uh, it has uh, psychology and maybe Santa Claus and, and Black an amusement park. Peter. Uh, Black Peter. Yeah. You know I was loving that Christmas dark ride in the amusement park. <laughs> so, oh, dude, it was great. So it was it was Santa Land, which I was like, oh, this is filmed in New Hampshire, and it's not. It was in California. There's a Santa Land out there. I'm j- um, I know clearly. that I have been by a Christmas themed thing on some 
in the middle of fucking nowhere sometime with Megan. Yeah. I do not know where. It's yeah. driving me yeah, nuts. It, and I was like, it is. <laughs> well, there is Christmas Village in New York. Yes. Right. That had to have been. Uh, New York, New Hampshire. It's one of the. One of the news. Well, there might be both. The <laughs> also, there's uh, the, the, isn't that the, the Christmas city, that Christmas town in uh, Michigan. Um, oh, fuck that place. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, you love I Jesus and Matt loves Christmas. You guys have nothing to complain about. You know what I don't love, though? And we will start here. Yeah. We've talked about it. Starting a movie with just a random out-of-context quote. Uh, oh, never dude. works. Never works. This Bad thing, font choice, too. Yeah, the only Bad devil is choice. fear. Um, yeah. but very I, very but Stephen I, King of you. Yeah. Writer, director, actor. <laughs> but I very quickly forgave the dumb out-of-context quote because... Boy, was I loving this opening dream sequence with these weird ass wooden masks. Like I was like, but I'm then all we in. Find and... out that they're not wooden; they're just rubber. Yeah, there's rubber. But like, but man, yes, the whole look, thing why were rubber. they hanging on the wall in the future, like or in the present tense, if they're not wooden? I was that was like the only thing that I could not get past. Not the not the essay, not, not the incest. <laughs> it was literally the fact that they weren't wooden masks. Yeah. No, nope. I mean I, and that well, not just the masks. Anything that was and should have been wood in that house, uh including occupants <laughs> Monty. named Morty. Morty. Morty, Morty. Morty. What a um, wild call for this entire movie <laughs> in which Morty moves, physically moves roughly ten times to have every shot of Morty be an actor in makeup. It I was, could not bro, believe it. It had to have been bro. cheaper than making a life-size replica of him and yeah. tossing him in a... No, they didn't they actually have a replica when well, they open up that, that, that drawer, bed drawer, whatever it's I called? think that that's a dude still because when they do the like close-ups when they're like petting all... his heads and stuff, I'm like, what? this is so awkward to look at. I loved it, it though. Was, it was because the eyes. They had to have the yeah. eyes be realistic. You know, it's kind of genius. <laughs> Dude, so I think that the my, my favorite thing is that they were just really trying to sell us on Morty being a, a character. All the way down to having Wes Craven as a cameo. Well, that so this was is what I was going to ask you, Kyle. Fucking crazy. Who right? is this guy who made this movie that he has somehow got the pull to get Wes Craven of all people to just show Wes up and Craven play a role? Wes Craven in 95. Yeah. Right. That's right. where you know, that's we're talking the... after New Nightmare. Like, uh, it's oh, insane but it's, to me. This is in between New Nightmare and Scream. Scream. He did it as a favor because he was probably like, well, who knows if Scream's going to fucking do anything. Yeah. So to be honest, I really I really don't know about Vincent Robert. Now, the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray does have um, a motherfucking commentary that I almost immediately went back and listened to. You should have. I did. I was like, I almost was just like, Carly, we're staying up another hour and a half. Like, we're doing this. He wrote, so he wrote Red Surf, which I've talked about on the show before with, um, with George Clooney. It was like a first thing that he did. But as far as like, uh, this is the only thing he's directed. The only thing he's directed, he's written a few TV movies and like episodes of TV, but this is the only thing he's directed. All right. I've, and he didn't even write it. He didn't even write I've it. I've got something insane to say real quick. Cause I was Please. like, maybe if I go to Wes Craven's Wikipedia page, there'll be something. 
right? Like, I've been on people's Wikipedia pages who've had prolific careers, and they have, like, when you click the career tab, it's, like, the early years from this time period to this time period. And Wes Craven's entire career on Wikipedia is six paragraphs. I feel like that is insane. (laughs) That's – And that's almost – that's uncalled for. That's inappropriate. Yeah, and one of them is – one of the paragraphs just says, Craven created Coming of Rage, a five-issue comic book series with 30 Days of Night writer Steve Niles. Okay. okay yeah, <laughs> like, like that is great. such a weird What else vibe. has he done? <laughs> <laughs> this guy sounds yeah, the, kind of interesting. We should yeah, probably first, talk about him. The first paragraph is just about him filming porn. Um, yeah. Second paragraph is about Last House on the Left. Third paragraph is about The Hills Have Eyes. Fourth paragraph is that he created Nightmare on Elm Street, and then it just jumps to the history of Nightmare on Elm Street, and then that's the end. <laughs> they mentioned <laughs> no reference to Scream anywhere in his, his biggest career. movie. Like I would, yeah. I would argue that Scream is okay. That is that a crazy? Is that a hot take? Scream is a bigger movie, has a bigger legacy than Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that Scream 1 is probably a bigger movie than any individual Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but I think the overall franchise of Nightmare might be bigger, but it's hard to say now that I, we're up to six of them. I think, I think Scream, it's a hot take to say at a convention. Yeah. I think that like it's a, an appropriate hot take Shit, to say in front of a crowd. I think that like say that in this I, I think that you're right because like I don't know. I I work with I the people that I work with are younger than yeah, me significantly younger than eight years, right? And like screen. they fucking love Scream. Like Scream love is Scream, love like, Ghostface. Like that's their nightmare. Yeah, like, that truly is their nightmare, which is amazing to think about the legacy of that. Um, we'll have to write another paragraph for Mr. Crazy. Yeah, we need to really. <laughs> okay, that. which one of us wants to put in the effort to actually be appro- uh, nope. approved? To- <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Matt. You don't have enough hobbies. Go do it. Oh, what was that sound? Go do it. Oh, I uh, I got tattered backstory because <laughs> goddamn, and there's a wood paneling here. Yeah, because <laughs> goddamn, the backstory of Morty and um our our guy is a lot. What do you got? I have <laughs> teak, urban <laughs> artifact, teak, tropical sour. Um, I don't I like the taste of it, but and I didn't think I would, but I didn't think would. Huh. Um, but I I knew that the, nothing would top teak as far as That's a it. wood That's monster. Incredible. Well, cheers to fears. Cheers to fears. Cheers uh, to while fears. you guys are taking a sip, I want to talk about this movie soundtrack. Um, oh, the Casio oh, keyboard dude. soundtrack? Did you this... watch the subtitles? Did anybody watch no. the subtitles? Mine didn't come with subtitles. Oh, I watched oh it on God, Tubi. Oh, you guys. Oh, oh those... you guys okay. didn't watch it on Tubi, soundtrack. did you? No, I got my double feature DVD that I bought at the Retro Attic, and Kyle That's had his right. Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. Which also has a commentary track that this double disc DVD does not have. So yeah, I'll have to report back when I listen to that but track. I was obsessed with this movie last night. This I movie was, soundtrack. Was... Here's the thing. At first, my first note I wrote was this hippie guy with dreads listening to Kmart ODB. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then later on, I made a reference to the fact that the reggae song sounds like a Kmart version of UB40. Mm-hmm. So much so that I was like, right. I need to look up this soundtrack. If it actually is UB40. And, and what floored me was like most of the artists I I only kind of knew. 
The soundtrack contains a song by Insane Clown Posse, which is not that shocking. In 95, they probably didn't have the money for much else. Oh, yeah. This was right before Great Malenko. Because that was 96, right? Yeah. So this was de- they had the song Dead Body Man from uh, fucking Riddlebox whoop, whoop. on there. But <laughs> but they had multiple songs by the Gravediggers, which is crazy because that is RZA from like Wu-Tang Clan's side project. So how this dude got Wes Craven and one of the dudes from Wu-Tang Clan to buy into this is insane because hopefully the Vinegar Syndrome looks better, but like this DVD oh, is ripped it. from a VHS tape easily and it it has that like this wasn't shot straight to video, but it could have been type yeah. energy. When <laughs> that's the amazing thing about this movie, I think that it feels it like it had a budget, but somehow the skill level was still shot very cheap. Yeah, like it was, cra- or vice versa. I don't know. It, the lines are blurred. Scott, <laughs> Scott I, I jumped on. No, you. it's okay. Saying? I was gonna say it was this feels every bit of 1995 direct to video, and and that. It was charming in that sense because I'm 41 and I would have enjoyed this when I was younger. Um, It's not that I didn't enjoy this. I just felt like this was – I just experienced it. I don't think I really digested it, and that's fine. There's not much to digest. There's a real pacing problem with this movie. Like when they get to the cabin, it is like 15 minutes that we're just like – having each character individually explain in detail their fears. Yeah. And I was just like, this is... That's not bad pacing. That's good pacing. That's called... (laughs) That's called backstory. What is it called? What kind of backstory is it, That's called guaranteeing that you hit the 90 minutes that you were required to hit for this release. But this movie... Well, so the crazy thing is they was so inconsistent with their fears. Their fears, (laughs) like, barely came back to be anything. Well, honestly, why would your fear of being poor mean that you just you find treasure and then you get bashed on the head with a trapdoor until you bleed out also well i don't think so so there's a lot of this movie that i had to piece together through a very helpful wikipedia page uh the wikipedia page for the the plot summary for the fear is longer than Wes Craven's biography career biography <laughs> on Wikipedia. Someone uh, loves the fear more than Wes um, Craven. Well, I so them. I think the implication there is he's afraid of being poor. He doesn't just find treasure. It is implied in the Wikipedia that he is taking advantage of everybody being at the uh, the, the Christmas. Christmas amusement park to just rob the place blind and leave um so morty is protecting the house yeah to the sister as well right her company yes so like i if we're gonna talk about people's fucking fears we gotta talk about my favorite overacting in film history tanya and her fear of water when she is standing next to this hot tub and there is not a single word of English that has come out of her mouth. She's going, like, It's because like... she's Swedish. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is she Swedish? I mean, she's, she I has have some no sort of Russian. Russian. I mean, she's. Then her follow up awkward acting is when she does decide to get into the water and she still isn't just like, ah. She's just like, oh. She's whoa. having the best time in that hot tub. And let me tell you. <laughs> That's me in the hot tub. We have a hot tub yeah. in the backyard. That's <laughs> me every single time. I am speechlessly just in ecstasy. 
I, I also that, need yeah. to stress and Tanya. that Morty popping out of the water, great mm. scare. Logistically, how did you not see? He's made how of wood. Not... He's made of wood. <laughs> he on loves... the Blu-ray, you can see that like they didn't do the makeup under the like in oh, yeah. the eye holes. Yes, it's like, great. So his his eye is just like popping out, and you're just like, oh my god, how do you not? <laughs> it's in a hot tub. It's where in a Saint hot... Nick just got out of. Just got out of. But then, like, it's like let's think about this through two lenses first of all that water wasn't that foamy so it was a pretty clear water in the hot tub mm-hmm. secondly morty's fucking huge and that hot tub is small and she's walking around in the hot tub she had there's to nowhere that him. she would have not yet yeah, stepped on a foot and been like oh what is that is that a fish no it's morty <laughs> so let's Dude, let's I, the, we probably so need bad. to explain the conceit of this movie yeah, to the so, listeners the yes. very short version is that this kid is using his family cabin to do his thesis on fear, and he's going to bring all of his friends and people for this experiment where they're going to all face their fears and hopefully get over their fear. And while there, they find Morty, who is a giant wooden mannequin that he remembers from his childhood as being like his only friend when he would be up there with his parents. They all equated it to like a like a um a Native American like wooden statue at like a general store. Yes. Like that's how they like not to hand at what someone's double those... feature could or could not be. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically everybody's being killed and you for the most part using their fears against them, but not always. That's not consistent. Troy does not get killed because of his fear of bugs. Um but then But does he even get killed? He gets smacked in the head with a uh a um a, a big ass branch, yeah. yeah. But like, but, but we, then we so okay. Well, we need to get to the, the 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 reality of who actually died when we get to the end of the explanation. So I'm under the that. impression that literally everybody but our main character and his girlfriend is dead. I think all of them have passed away by the time that this the credits roll here. Um, but as we're going through Successful it, experiment, yeah, so it's, nailed it. But before <laughs> before anybody dies, Morty keeps popping up in different places. So people are having sex. Morty's lurking. He's at the window. the window. Oh my god! <laughs> that was the. They go. I had. They I go went into in a blind, hot tub. and I was like, I'm. I, I knew that that because I picked that for the, yeah. the socials, and I was like, yes. I cannot wait to see how that plays into it. And it was better than I could have imagined. It oh my god! So it's great. Good, right? They go into a hot tub. Morty's inside the trying. hot tub. One kid's fear is religion, and Morty is crucified up on the wall at one point. Like it is, it is insane. And my problem with this movie, and this is not like the biggest well it is pretty a big issue the movie is really 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 fun for a good chunk of the run and then it gets real focused on grape multiple times but why like and that, that's what that i mean subplot of of troy being the campus grapist is not useful it's not useful it's It's icky and then and then then he doesn't even get killed by morty from that subplot we bounce into the incest part of it which is also icky like it just gets icky for like 20 minutes for no reason and that's like the biggest strike on the movie it's a kyle pick 
Well, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Fuck. All of you. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's going to remain true next month, which is a big fucking bummer oh, for me. Oh, I, Capital B bummer. Would you for say me, it's a dog. humongous bummer? <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, so, okay. So, and th- this is I, the weird thing to me is that, like, the Troy grape stuff makes the Vance grape stuff not as icky. It actually almost like the Vance grape stuff feels like erotic thriller e to me like maybe not well done but like you mean when he's, he's touching comes... mindy's boob in the in the bubble bath in the in the bubble bath and i but then like, her boyfriend's just like too... hey man what were you doing like it's pretty fucking he obvious does it twice. yeah he does it twice he, the boyfriend's like hey hey <laughs> I, what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing in this cabin i don't know you <laughs> this is this is another thing that i think is really kind of weird to me is mindy that's and a her... stranger her Sorry. Mindy and her boyfriend's relationship makes no sense. Is is makes no sense. And like I understand the concept Are of they opposites even dating? attract. That's what I mean. Like the uh, the concept of opposites attract whatever. Like sure, like there are people who are totally different. But to be someone who is so like overwhelmingly like hippie spiritual to be with a person who fucking hates religion to the point that it's his biggest fear let me tell you i don't see how that relationship works like it doesn't i can tell you from high school it doesn't work don't try it (laughs) don't do it don't do it it's so strange but yeah i mean so the the no it does it it, it does make it icky yeah there's there's essay there's incest essay um and then everyone but the protagonist and his girlfriend ex-fiance girlfriend again survive and he tells Morty it's over and Morty goes and walks into a lake and it's like okay I'm not going to kill anybody else or it's implied that he's killing people but maybe he's not um so then they sell the house for next to nothing and this uh the realtor and the new owners are there looking at it and the buyer's son goes plays soccer by the the lake and morty is there covered in seaweed even though lakes don't have seaweed whatever he grabs the kids kickball or soccer ball wow jesus and the kid goes are you a good guy or a bad guy and then he kicks the soccer ball like so hard and i was like it's gonna smack that kid in the face isn't it no kid just grabs it and smiles and then and then you get like a freeze frame on morty it is just and it goes into Fantastic. Cypress Hill, Kmart yeah. Cypress Hill. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I might be giving this movie moment. way too much credit. Maybe. Way too much credit. But I think, I feel like that ending scene is supposed to feel like a Frankenstein homage to like the little girl by the lake. Oh, like playing no, a game. No, and you're, you're not, that's, not a, that's not a reach. That's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. The only other thing you're that so we smart. need to tackle real quick in this is Richard, our main character. Um, he has a fear of commitment that he's had ever since his mom died. And this is where we get his crazy backstory, which is that his dad and him (laughs) caught his mom cheating on the dad and the dad killed him or killed killed the the mom. Blame the kid. And then blame the kid for it. And then he finds out that his uncle Pete, who's like the town Santa Claus was the guy who his mom was cheating on the dad with. And they had a, she was pregnant with her brother-in-law's kid, thus the reason why the dad murdered him. Yeah. Murdered her. Sorry, murdered the what mom. Were the, 
What were the what was diametric? Diametric became and- matricide, which yeah. oh I think God. that what the a- the the writer director really thought he was doing something with with a oh, little bit. There of was that. many a moment was like oh they think that they are doing a thing here right like yeah. and you know so i i watched this with my psychologist wife who is also like oh, okay but she's also like pinpointing she's like oh this was happening at this point in time in like psychology oh, what was in, in like pop science in yeah. the 90s like uh, the esalen institute was taking like was taking retreats and doing all this like really in-depth and like some like immersive stuff in the 70s and 80s so then you're learning about it in the 90s so anybody who was like studying that stuff is like now applying it to and it's just it's so it's so funny because they really thought that they were they like they thought that they were doing there was something. a message and honestly at times they got me but i also had a lot of doritos that night i was <laughs> I like i think the doritos are necessary was, for this one I, man i wrote two pages of notes i was hype richard looks like nick cage jake gyllenhaal judd nelson and john stamos all mixed together <laughs> at various moments in their careers and lives um and i just i could not believe this movie i'm so happy we got to watch it i know there were some icky moments um but the the wooden not wooden morty really was even better than i remembered um so so i'm so happy we watched it so i want to talk about what happened after this movie though for the director vincent Uh, robert as kyle said he wrote the screenplay for red surf i was 89 89 in 1990 he was the location liaison for kindergarten cop (laughs) and i guess he took that kindergarten cop money and five years later he made the fear his only directing credit and then his next Credits are assistant location manager for Space Jam and Father's Day, starring Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. Then it's just a giant empty space until about 2008, where it seems like he now has a career as a writer for what seems to be exclusively Spanish television shows. So That's where the money is, guys. Oh, and here we go. Here we go. Brother-in-law of director... Ivan Rittman. That's, I think that's how he had some connections for some of these cameos that Ah. we got in this movie. Um, But all in all, I had fun with this. I bought a double DVD, so I'm going to watch part two. But you also, I'm going to tell you right now, Carly swears by part two. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't remember. Next Halloween. Better pick it because it's on my list for next Halloween. The best part about the Fear sequel is that it, it, has two names. The yes, original name is The Fear Halloween Night, which is what Kyle has referred to it as. But on IMDb, it's The Fear Resurrection. <laughs> resurrection. Blow me. Well, now it's I've horrible. got a resurrection. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's, that's, not a, that's not the worst joke you've ever made, Matt. But what I wanted to say was that I have not been kind of – tiptoeing around who Darren Heems is. The actor Darren Heems. He played Troy in this. Okay. okay. The, the, the the guy with the dress. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you guys recognize him from anything no. that could have possibly been I thought I looked him a... up out of curiosity, too. Or maybe I saw that he didn't... didn't back far enough. Or maybe I just saw that he didn't have a hyperlink on... Uh... <laughs> On, we have on Wikipedia, and I said, "Ah, never mind. He's probably no one famous." We had I knew who he was from the second he came on screen, and then I went and I checked his IMDb just to be certain that I wasn't wrong. I was not wrong. Um, he is 
H oh my god royalty. <laughs> yes he is okay i see so he was original what i know him from first is pcu he's one of the stoners mm-hmm. he's um, dave number two yeah he's dave number two um the daves and then but then the second thing is that what listeners of the show may recognize him more from is dr giggles he's the guy who um fishes his condom out of the toilet with a toothbrush and then gets murdered um and then he also appears in night of the the demons Demons 2 as z boy same character in all three movies 100 percent yeah unreal yeah dude i really i really um i need to Scott, I know sometimes you skim through movies Mm -hmm. um, before you pick them. I think I need to start doing it. I need to not pigeonhole myself anymore. Uh, No more, no more white dudes with dress. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) I like that. That's a bridge too far for you. (laughs) Everything else is hey, you can't avoid it. Yeah, yeah. But white dudes with dreads, I can steer around some more. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not what <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. If you were doing a weird-ass movie night with this, Kyle, what would yeah, you... Dog double feature it with and don't say the fear Halloween night. <laughs> no, no, though it has crossed my mind and it is a, an acceptable answer, but not sure, for the yeah. show. I would uh, I would pair it with Pin. Also, God so. that, damn it. I knew that was Matt was going to be so mad about God that. God damn it. Have we, we haven't watched just Pin pick, for the show, right? Matt, Matt, just do magic. Yeah, we did. Did we do Pin for this show or was that we, Reddit Horror We did Club? it for Reddit Horror Club years ago. Please don't Let's pick it. It's not go. It's not weird it. enough for this show. It would literally I just would be argue Matt it's quite you. weird. <laughs> it's just no, not, will, oh, it's oh, not oh, funny. Oh, I'm confusing with magic. No, Pin, yeah. P 
pin no, we could magic's, get an episode out of. Magic's a masterpiece, and it's lovely. And but it's like a two man show, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> pin pin is is Kyle, weird. It's put not as weird as it. the book. You're right. <laughs> Very good. I love it. Because we will get there. All right. Well, then I'm going to grab this one. I'll watch. I'll watch one third of Creep Show too. Good job. Wait, wait, wait. Creep. <laughs> no, no, no. Creep Show. The first Creep no, Show, right? Creep Show too. Oh, the one with the uh, the 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 old Chief Iron Woodhead. Head, Chief, Chief Woodenhead. Yeah. So I was gonna go with Creep Show one because Ooh. I swear that the mom when she comes out of the grave in the mm. fear looks exactly like the the um reanimated corpse of the dad in creep show so but i don't want to watch creep show so i actually had another anthology film in mind as well here uh and it's a deeper cut film but are you familiar with after midnight from 1989 Mm -mm. that's the one with the clock on the cover yes yeah i've never seen it but Uh, Here's the wraparound story plot. Allison and Cheryl are two college students in a new class called the Psychology of Fear. Oh. (laughs) And it's literally each segment is them sharing the stories of what What gave them them. their biggest fear. That's that's solid. Now, uh, let me just do a little, uh, call a little audible. I think that the true double feature for this movie, if we are talking about the mom, isn't Creepshow, I don't think that Creepshow 2 really would even fit as well as Spookies because this movie really has a very this has some Spookies, spookies vibe. energy. Yeah, yeah this has Big Spookies spook energy. Vibes. Uh, spook well, vibes. also, Speaking for of- the listeners, I told Matt this. Kyle didn't tell anybody this for my birthday. Kyle found me a VHS copy of Spookies and gifted it to me. Now, I hope that you found that at that $2 thrift store. That, that I'm going to tell store. you, I've, I've had it. I've had it for 15 years that makes it even more special that it needed to go i found it at an ebay store which was just a thrift store that people could go and put i've seen the 40 year old version i know what you know yeah you know (laughs) Uh, what is the quickest way that i get these shoes from here to my house Uh, but fuck you jonah hill right yes in 2023 fuck you jonah hill fuck you jonah hill but yes, anyway, um, so Kyle, you are an absolute um, angel, baby. Boy. Well, and I also realized that I sent you uh, not the book that books we that you shouldn't have sent. I should. I was going to get no, those for no. horror finds. No, 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 no. I just I realized that it was a different movie that we had been talking about at Creature Feature Weekends. It was Willow, but it, that, that's ago. no. But you found me Lady Hawk, and no, there was a dra- there was a dragon. It was Dragon Heart we were talking about, not Dragon Slayer, if I remember correctly. So no, we were talking no, about the talking Willow about novelization, <laughs> and yeah. because I think the Dragon Heart novelization was in your little, uh, oh maybe that's your 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 carousel of all your books at, at Creature Feature mm-hmm. this this spring, um, yeah. and you were like, oh, I had the Willow novelization and it's fucking great because you read it before you sold it, and I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. if you ever find another one, I would love to buy it from you, and you were like, no. I will find one for yes. you. Um, yeah. But what you sent along was Lady Hawk and Dragon Slayer, which I love Dragon Slayer. And I have, which that movie could easily be an HMN oh, main episode. Wait, we, we still need to. Jason the Argonauts to dip our toe in doing but more. Dragon Slayer stuff. is straight gore. There is yeah. a lot of murder in that movie. So anyway, um, I'm gonna add that to the list. But anyway, um, we cheers are... to spookies and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. We are adding a new 
but very short segment to our show, which we're going to just call What's New? And this is where we are just going to let you guys know all the cool stuff we have happening at Horror Movie Night uh, HQ. Uh, speaking of which, with Horror Movie Night HQ, go visit our website, hmnpodcast.com, because for the entire month of October, we are offering something in our store for one month only, and that is the scare package for a uh, undetermined price at the time that we're recording this. <laughs> there will be a mystery box. Basically you tell us what shirt size you are and we will send you uh, any shirt that we have in that size. Uh, we will send you an enamel pin, a bar of soap, uh, a hard movie night branded bar of soap, uh, a keychain or two and all of the hard movie night trading cards and maybe some other prizes. Uh, and and gifts that we can find to throw in there to make it fun. Uh, and what will happen with this is that we will send you all of that stuff. Let us know in the notes when you order what shirts you may already have from us so we can avoid giving you a duplicate. And not only are you getting a bunch of great stuff for a good deal, that money will help. You're, you're also helping us clear out our inventory a little bit and get some money to get brand new shirts for the new year, which is even Hell more yeah. exciting. So yeah. uh, definitely check that out. Um, hit up our Patreon. There's always great stuff there. Uh, and I don't have anything else to promote until December. Uh, so just seeing what you guys got <laughs> before segment, I do that. Segment just like, <laughs> we're going to do it once uh, a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you guys got? Oh, I, I honestly don't have anything because um, I just got back from RetroCon with Matt and as of uh, the recording of this and we had a really good time and I didn't buy a $150 copy of um, Chopping Mall on VHS because I am a fiscally responsible boy. Kyle, do you have anything uh, for October that you need to promote? So uh, as of this recording, I just came off of set with um, doing a short film with Peter Filardi, who is the writer of The Craft and Flatliners uh, and Chapelweight, if anybody watched that on Epics, uh, which is based on Jerusalem's Lot, like the 30-page 30, the 30 short of Stephen King. Nice. They made a 10-episode thing with Adrian Brody, like like a period piece. It's crazy. Um, but the dude lives near me, and we got linked up. Uh, and basically, obviously, like that's not, something, that's not something you can see right now, but we did a short last year two years ago now my son was six weeks old when i went and was the ad on this short and boy that was a whole thing um but uh we it's called hazardous and it's online um you can check it out it's a short uh about a man who goes to hypnosis hypnotherapy in order to stop smoking but what is presented and what it comes out during that session is a lot deeper and darker uh but it's also funny uh and it stars um roger clark who voiced arthur morgan in red dead redemption 2 so any gamers out there uh will probably know it too but uh i really i i really like working with peter he obviously like his started his career as a writer but um as any writer probably wants to do, they also want to direct at some point. So like these short films are like a really fun way for him to do it. And the one that we just shot um, reminded me of like very campy, like seventies horror that I just so appreciate. Um, I wasn't necessarily shot that way, but like the, 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 the content of it is, is such. So, um, but go check out hazardous. If you just check out hazardous, Peter Filardi, it'll is, come is up on it, YouTube. Is it on YouTube? 
yeah awesome. yeah, yeah yeah it just dropped um it's playing at film quest which is a big genre fest in utah but um it's already available online so you can check that out but yeah I, I really like working with peter i hope to work with him some more and it's kind of fucking crazy to be like oh this is the writer of the craft yeah like and, and flatline i like how you like just kind of toss flatliners flat in flat there. no no flatliners <laughs> is 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 very important if not it's his it, one of his first he did like um he did like like an episode of macgyver or miami Vice, like a couple of like spec things and then just like flatliners was was it and he just took off with flatliners so nice. it's really cool he's um he's he's a great dude i hope to work with us some more and uh i'm just throwing this out there guys mark your calendars december 8th is going to be the geekscape 24-hour holiday live stream for big brothers big sisters of yeah. northern and coastal new jersey uh more information to come i'm sure horror movie night will be involved in some way shape for or sure. form but that is still be to be determined um, to be bbd <laughs> to be determined <laughs> oh um, my god all right, it's so a hint, now, everybody. now the final segment, just a quick recommendation. What have we been checking out? What are we enjoying? What do we think people should check out? Obviously, as it has been and will unfortunately continue be. to be the case, we are standing with the actors and writers who are striking. Uh, I believe the most recent thing that I read was that we cannot talk about struck work, uh, struck work being specifically described as films currently in their promotion cycle or will be in their promotion cycle or TV shows also under that category. I would just say play like a fast and loose uh, two years or older rule uh, if that's you want to talk about yeah. movie or television. Um, but I'm going to kick us off with something that's neither of those things because uh, one of my favorite podcasts just started its newest season, although it's a continuation of last season. Uh, you must remember this. Uh, is continuing their epically long coverage called Sex in the 90s, um, where they are going through the entire history of sex in film through the 90s and the way that it was uh, kind of used and weaponized in a lot of ways in in a variously different ways. Uh, one of the episodes was about the crush uh, with, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. with Alicia Silverstone. Um, this week's episode... At the time that I'm recording this, when they kicked off the new season, uh, we are officially in 1996. Uh, so it's talking about Wild Side and Bound uh, specifically, and the way that Wild Side was dramatically re-released as a way to capitalize on Anne Heche coming out as queer oh, um, and oh, kind wow. of the fucked up way that that was handled. And similar with how Bound is an interesting movie to watch now because it was written by the same twin duo that did the matrix when they were the in their birth gender uh, and how this movie got absolutely shit on critically as like, how do, how can these two straight men write about the lesbian experience? Um, and they were like, <laughs> this could have a really strong hand on why it took so long for the Wachowskis to come out as mm -hmm. trans because it was clearly from, from film number one, like they had, that's why they said like you rewatch the matrix trilogy now and it's way more coded and not as direct mm -hmm. the sexuality and gender stuff that they're trying to talk about because of how bound was received by the critics. So great, well-researched uh, podcast. Check it out. And I always said I would promote a Geekscape podcast. 
And I mean, this had a Christmas town in it. So why not promote my own show this time with Christmas 365, me and Dylan? That time of year is right around the corner. So get subscribing. Hey, Matt, you can get fucked because it is spooky season and not Christmas season. Well, you get to have your Christmas you, season. Listen, the same week that this came out, uh, our episode on Christmas 365 will be what classic Christmas character would you want to have a horror movie franchise built around? So we're leaning fair. into spooky very season fair. all October. With that's how you, that's the <laughs> lead in, man. You're burying the lead. Jeez. <laughs> all right, Kyle or Scott, what do you guys got? Kyle, you want to go ahead? Yeah, the only thing that I've been watching is Sister Wives on TLC. Not a struck company and not a an issue as far as our strikes go. But goddamn, what I do take issue with is this should shouldn't be on TV anymore. This family is Wait, falling is it apart. new? Is that is it a new, new season of new Sister season Wives? Of Sister Wives. Jeez, that's like how many years has this been happening? One, all but one wife is leaving. Uh, the one wife left last season and two are leaving this season and everybody's losing their faith and this family is falling apart and it honest, it honestly should not be televised. I actually feel like I'm watching like I'm a, I'm a big voyeur now, but that's all reality TV is though. Right. And that's all reality, but it, it is, it is. And it, but it like, it, it, I feel like I'm actually seeing how these, the machine of reality TV has oh. destroyed a family's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, if anybody has watched any of the Duggar stuff, which is like not how reality TV has destroyed a life, but more about how lives are destroyed and then put on a pedestal or put like presented by reality tv Mm -hmm. this actually feels like the opposite it's like you know i don't necessarily agree with a lot of their their faith and moral compass right however it's like they were functioning and not necessarily hurting anybody maybe just their internal family systems like yeah you know and, and and that's still not an excuse i just mean like you know like it's it's a little bit different right sure and but man, the show really helped destroy this family, and it is crazy to watch. Um, so I'm watching that in my spare time, uh, feeling really good about myself. Sometimes you just need to see the rock, the rocks at the bottom of the pond to feel like you're on top no of the pond. Shit. And I'll swim right back up. Yep, I'll go. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not a suggestion. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is supposed to be recommendations. Here, I'll give you guys a recommendation then. Um, I have been reading more, um, and I am not completely done, but done enough with a collection of stories to give it a thumbs up. Um, Cursed Bunny by Bora Chung. It's um, she's a South Korean novelist. I mean, maybe I don't know if she's done novels, but um, this is all short horror and. It's very, very good. Um, very interesting because it's it does the 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 thing with I feel I mean, and I don't want to cast too wide of a net here, but it feels like there's a lot in in I don't know if it's just Korean culture or if it's if it's a larger diaspora of, you know, like um Asiatic cultures that but the women that write and present horrific things seem to talk a lot about the lack of bodily autonomy. And it's kind of more of a discuss. I mean, it's a lot of body horror and, and, and it kind of, I think is a, a, a reflection of 
lack of bodily autonomy in real life and societal pressures for their relatively strict um, gender roles. Uh, so good. But even the stories that don't really talk about that in Cursed Bunny um, are very good. Just very, very interesting. Um, I don't want to like make an analog of what she reminds me of. She's very good at kind of doing lateral thinking on how monsters work, how horror works, um, because it's not really jump scary. And that's what it's more dread. And I, I really like mm. that about it because um, and, and maybe it's just because I read a lot of Clive Barker short stories now, but it gives me kind of it scratches a lot of the itches of the books of blood where it's like these terrible things are going to happen. The protagonist is going to die probably in a horrific way. And you're just basically watching it happen in slow motion because you're reading it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, I don't really think she writes like Clive Barker, but I feel like there is an energy there that's very similar. But again, I don't want to make it an analog, make her an analog of what he does. But very, very good. Highly recommend. I picked it up at Barnes and Noble as a blind buy because um, of the cover. And I was looking for hey. more short horror. And it, it's a really good collection. Highly recommend. Bora Chum. Sometimes you can, in fact, I just, judge a I book just by its cover. This is what I fear. <laughs> there we go. And next week, we'll have other things to fear, uh, like whatever I picked. Um, so stay tuned for more Horror Movie Night. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my f facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi -oh! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 